Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and I am coming at you with another patented five-minute review. I got five Today's film is a doozy. It's from 2023. It just came out or is about to, depending on when you're listening to this. And it is Ari Aster's Bo is Afraid, starring Joaquin Phoenix. IMDb has a description as follows. Following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafkaesque odyssey back home. Now, if you're wondering if that can sustain itself for three hours, it cannot, okay? I have to tell you that this was the most disappointing movie that I have seen in so long to the point that I was upset. I left the theater pissed off at the movie, at Ari Aster, at just the entire experience, okay? Part of it is that, like, I had a wonderful day planned. I actually played hooky from work. Don't tell my boss. Took a Friday off, used a sick day, haven't used one all year. Saw the very first IMAX screening that was available on the first day it was available. It's 10.30 in the morning. There was about 30 of us in there. We all walked out completely silent. You could hear a pin drop in that theater and everybody was just, you could tell that everybody was so disappointed, right? All of these people who were there at 10.30 in the morning on a Friday to see the first screening. Also, I live in LA, so we have an advanced screening where it's playing out here a week before it goes into wide release. So as of recording this, it still hasn't hit wide release yet. You can't tell me that everybody in that theater was not super jazzed to be there. And I think we all felt betrayed. Now, you're probably asking yourself, Okay, now maybe, maybe maybe Jason just doesn't like weird stuff, right? Maybe he doesn't like weird cinema. Okay, well, you obviously never listen to the show in that case, but no, I love weird cinema, okay? I love Jodorowsky. I love David Lynch. I can list off a whole bunch of other filmmakers, and I can't say that it's always for me. Like, I don't want weird, surrealist, non-narrative cinema every single time I sit down to watch a movie, but I like it every now and then, especially, and probably more often than a lot of people, you know? I enjoy the weird artsy surreal stuff. I enjoy just crazy weirdness for the sake of weirdness. No, this film is the exact opposite. The biggest sin this film makes is how consistently boring it is. It's such a boring film and such a tedious film. My goodness. And it's a shame too, because it starts off promising. I will say I love the opening sequence. It's only about two minutes. It's not really connected to anything story-wise. Though, again, I think it's ballsy to call this a narrative because I would say it's not a narrative. It's decidedly anti-narrative. We'll get into that in a minute. But I was all juiced at the beginning. I love the world that they set up. It's super weird and violent and hyper-aggressive and anxiety-ridden. And for the first 10 or 15 minutes, I was really with this film. And then nothing happens and nothing continues to happen. And then, oh, I think something's going to, nope, actually nothing's happening still. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Something about a map. Nothing's happening. It's over. A lot of people in the audience look pissed. And I get that it's a film about anxieties and anxiety is inherently about the things that are about to happen. Let's also acknowledge that based on where he lives in this 
fictitious version of the worst skid row hellscape you could ever imagine. He, he'd have every right to be afraid. That's a horrible place to live with horrible, violent people running around everywhere. I also think there's like totally some social commentary going on there and his own inner fears and everything that it reflects. Again, it's like just the most dangerous, violent, hyperkinetic skid row type of environment that one could ever find themselves. So, yeah, if Jason lived there, Jason would be afraid. It's a terrifying place. And after a very long time spent watching him sort of live in fear and having a couple things happen that don't really seem motivated, but okay, we're still with the film. He finally does get on the go and doesn't get very far before something else happens. And now he's in the house of David Lane and Amy Ryan, who like, let me also just say this film has some super weird supporting cast and cameos mainstream actors and a lot of comedy actors. And I think that's because he wanted to maybe remind you that this is his version of a comedy, but I did not laugh once at any of the content that was there on the screen. I, there were two chuckles and both of them were because of stunt casting. Like I had just mentioned, including one with a UPS driver that they never show his face, but you can totally tell who it is. Loved that moment. But again, that's, that's, that's a little aside. That's not like the, meat and bones of what this film is. Also, if you've seen the animated sequence that's shown in the trailer and you think that's what the movie is, that it's three hours of that, again, it is not. That's what I wanted. That's what I expected. That's what I did not get. That is a beautiful sequence that comes about maybe two hours and change into the film and once again is entirely unmotivated. And even the way that they show on the poster and the trailer, like the different versions of himself, there, it's not like some weird thing where he's different versions and they're crisscrossing and this, like, no, like there's one fantasy sequence where the old man and the farmer version of him are actually in those same 10 to 15 minutes. And then him as a kid is actually a sort of flashback of him remembering things that happened as a child. So, you know, the idea that he's sort of switching bodies or something like that, or, you know, he's going to. Benjamin Button his way through this film like no no the film is just it wants you to think that but it doesn't do that at all it's also just deeply unpleasant like this film has tremendous mommy issues I can only imagine Aster has tremendous mommy issues but look I, I you know you want to go full-on mommy dearest with things that's okay I can get into that but if you're gonna literally just have a 20-minute verbal beatdown of a mother guilting her son be like some sort of not even a climax, but like work it into where it sort of sets up where the film's going to go. Like, no, that's just, that's deeply unpleasant. You don't need to give me that much of that. Like, and that's this film. This film beats you over the head with every single thing that it does. And it makes you sit in all of these moments for minutes upon minutes on end and doesn't let you get out of them. And it's just, thoroughly unpleasant and it's not entertaining in the slightest like you want it to be this weird trippy psychedelic stuff or this horrific bloody crazy no it's not it's just watching a, a paranoid person be paranoid and have people come at them and rage and scream and be violent for no motivated reason whatsoever and this chick's drinking paint for no no reason whatsoever and then screaming at Bo like Things just happen, and the things that happen aren't fun. They're deeply unpleasant. 
Let's talk about what does work in this film. I do have to give credit for Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I think he does a great job of bringing the bow that is on paper to life. It just so happens that I happen to hate the bow that Ari Aster wrote on paper. But Joaquin Phoenix brought the correct mannerisms and energy and sensibility to that character and gave the story exactly what it asked for as well as his director. Ton of credit to the production designer, a woman by the name of Fiona Crombie, who just, there is so much detail imbued throughout the entire world, especially in the first world, like his neighborhood that he lives in. There's so many signs and so many illusions that flesh out the world. And if you really look and see, it tells you a lot about that environment, about what's going on. You definitely get the sense. And there's a lot of visual jokes as well. And so that really worked for me. So it's not as though it's a complete misfire in terms of across the board. I think everything Aster touched went to shit on this project. But he did have some talented people doing some talented stuff there by his side. Three adjectives for you. Tedious, plotting, self-indulgent. I'm even going to give you a fourth. Disappointing because, man, I literally, again, to reference the top of the film, haven't been this disappointed in so long. Gonna go ahead and give this film one and a half stars, okay? It probably deserves two because, again, it does have some good acting and some good production value and some good cinematography. But it just it just upset me so much, right? I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Except, yeah, I'm also mad, too. I'm mad and disappointed. This guy knows so much better. He should know better. I think he may go to Hollywood jail for a little bit for this. He, There's no way this movie is making back its $40 million plus marketing and I think this is going to be looked upon historically as a low point for Ari Aster. Let's see if he picks it up. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this five-minute review. Hey, disagreed with me? Hit me up, esotericacinema at gmail.com. Would love to see what you thought about Bo is Afraid. I'll even throw it up on an episode if you like. Until then, this is Jason Peters. Enjoy the movies.